Welcome to Abide in Truth with Pastor Mike Hughes, a radio outreach ministry of Calvary Chapel in Amid, Idaho. Join us as Pastor Mike leads us verse by verse through the Bible and shares with us the impacting truth of God's Word. Be sure to stay tuned until the close of our program to hear about some exciting news and special offers. We'll also tell you how you can obtain a full-length copy of this entire message. And don't forget, you can always catch up on Mike's teaching on our website at ccmit.org. We're currently going through the book of Luke in a series titled, The Uncommon Gospel. So grab your Bible, turn up the volume, and follow along with us. Here's Pastor Mike. Luke chapter 9, verse 21, it says, Jesus strictly warned and commanded them to tell no one. Wait a minute. I mean, isn't this important news? You're the Christ. You're the Messiah. You're you're the Son of God. I mean, this should be a hear ye, hear ye. Come and get it. Read all about it. You know, standing on the street corner or in the Jerusalem Post, you know, front page news. Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God. Not just the Messiah, but the Son. I mean, that's huge. You'd think that they'd be shouting it from the rooftops and say, go tell everybody. But why not? Notice he says, he strictly warned and commanded them to tell no one. Verse 22, saying, the Son of Man must suffer many things and be rejected by the elders and chief priests and scribes and be killed and be raised the third day. Why didn't they want him to, why didn't he want him to tell anybody? Because it wasn't the gospel. It was part of the gospel. But it wasn't the gospel message. This isn't the message. It's not the message. And yet the, the message was prophesied all the way back in Isaiah 53, verses 5 and 6. It says, but he, and speaking of Jesus, was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. And by his stripes we are healed. All we like sheep have gone astray and we have turned everyone his own way. And the Lord laid on him the iniquity of us all. And so this was prophesied 800 years before Jesus even came that Jesus would be the one who would bear our guilt and bear our shame and bear our iniquity and die for our sins. And then it says in Corinthians, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 21, this is one of the most amazing verses. I don't even know if I can understand it. He says, For He made Him who knew no sin to be sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God in Him. He imputes this righteousness. He became sin. That's disgusting to think about. So that we could become the righteousness of God. And that's how God would see us as believers in His sight. And then, of course, we know John 3.16, For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whosoever would believe in Him would not perish but have everlasting life. So how does all that work? I mean, so if Jesus is this this man who came, God in flesh, incarnate, came, died on the cross, was buried, rose from the grave, how do I get that? How do I get that? Well, Romans tells us in Romans chapter 10, verse 8 through 11, it says, but what does it say? The word is near you in your mouth and in your heart. That is the word of faith which we preach. That if you confess with your mouth, the Lord Jesus, and believe in your heart that God has raised Him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart one believes unto righteousness. And when we talk about belief, we're talking about putting our trust in Jesus, not ourselves, for all of our salvation. It's not me, it's Him. 
I'm putting my trust in him. It's not just believing he existed, but believing that he's God who came down, who died for my sins and rose from the grave. He says, you believe unto righteousness and the mouth with the mouth confession is made unto salvation for the scripture says, whoever believes in him will not be put to shame. And so by putting my faith in Jesus Christ, this is the rest of the good news. This is what they were waiting for. Jesus incarnate, crucified, and resurrected, and putting our faith in Him saves us from the wrath to come. We won't be put to shame. Now, understandably, this didn't set well with His disciples at that time. So Peter, being the bold man that he was, would rebuke Jesus. Notice verse, or Mark chapter 8, 32 actually tells us. It doesn't record it in Luke, but I want to bring us there for just so we can get the whole story. He says, he spoke this, this word openly. Then Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him. Crucifixion? Raising from the dead Jesus. You don't have to do all that. Come on, man. I mean, seriously. I mean, I have a plan for myself. You know, I mean, I've been talking to the other guys and I think that they're agreeing that I'm the greatest. And, I know that as we move forward, I could be your prime minister. I, you know, let me be your PR guy. Let me be the one who kind of tells you, hey, this is where we want to go and this is where we don't want to go. And crucifixion, all that stuff, we don't want to go there. It just doesn't fit with my plans. Whose voice is that? That's Satan's voice. Remember, bow down and worship me and you don't have to go to the cross. Was kind of the implications of what Satan was saying to him. And Peter is saying the same thing. This is why it's important for us as Christians to get apart, to, to go to the side, to find our prayer closet, and to get alone with the Father so that we can be hearing His voice and not the voice of the enemy. To listen to the Father, to listen to Jesus, to listen to the voice of the Holy Spirit. Who is Peter listening to? Satan. And that's what it says in Mark chapter three or eight, verse 33. Jesus rebukes him. You know, he says, get behind me, Satan. You are an offense or you are, you are not mindful of the things of God, but of the things of men. What gear do you think we are in naturally? You wake up in the morning. You're thinking thoughts of coffee, probably. Maybe bathroom. What gear is your mind in? Is your gear is your mind in God gear? It's not. You have to put it in God gear, don't you? You have to say, okay, I need okay. Father in heaven, so far I haven't hurt anybody, sinned, you know, smashed anybody's face in, yelled at anybody. I haven't done anything like that, but I'm about to get out of bed and I'm gonna need your help. Right? That's what we pray in the morning. Well, maybe not quite that, but okay, Lord, here I am. What do you want to do today? You know, I just want to surrender this day to you. And that's what we should do that. Before we get out of bed, we should do that. You know, and, and, and so I, I think it, it's interesting because the gear that we're in is all about the flesh, isn't it? That's just where we are naturally. In fact, Proverbs chapter 14, 12 warns us of this. He says, there is a way that seems right to a man, but its end is the way of death. That's where we're headed if we don't turn, right? That's where we're headed if we don't listen. And yet the antithesis of that is Proverbs 3, 5 through 7 where we're told, instructed by the Holy Spirit through the wisdom of Solomon, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. Right? That's our gear. Don't lean on that. In all your ways acknowledge Him, and He will direct your paths. He shall direct your paths. Do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and depart from evil. How do we accomplish that? Again, we get away. 
by ourselves to a secret place and we seek the Lord. We ask the Lord. We put on the full armor of God. Where do we put on the full armor of God? Where do you, where do you actually accomplish that? In your prayer closet. You put on the helmet of salvation. Remember, I'm saved. You put on the breastplate of righteousness. You know, Jesus has clothed me. He's protecting my heart with his righteousness. You, you have the shield of faith and the belt of truth and you shed your, you shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace as you go out into the world so that you can, with your shield of faith, quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one, which are what? His lies. He's constantly lying to you. Oh, that person's talking about you. Oh, that person doesn't like you. Oh, you're no good. Oh, you should do this. Oh, you should do that. You should try that. Oh, don't, don't, don't worry about that. God doesn't care. You know, and he's always talking. He's always talking. And yet when we have the helmet of salvation and the breastplate of righteousness, the belt of truth and the shield of faith, we can quench those things. And then we can move forward and share the gospel with people because we're not beat down by the enemy. This is how we live the Christian life. And so verse 23, he said to them all, If anyone desires to come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. What Jesus is saying here to them in their context would have been absolutely shocking. Absolutely horrific. What are you saying? Are you kidding? He just said, I'm going to go to Jerusalem. I'm going to die. You need to pick up your cross and follow me. Now, this, this, we're just lost on us. I mean, it really is just lost on us. Because we don't have the context for it. I mean, honestly. And we think about the cross and we have warm thoughts. The old rugged cross, where the dearest and best, for a world of lost sinner was slain. I love the cross. I look at the cross and it just brings up warm feelings, right? It's at the cross, at the cross where I first saw the light. Right? And so when we think of a cross, we don't think of horrific things. But if we were talking about at the electric chair, at the electric chair where I first saw the light, that would be shocking. That would shock us into reality of where we, we really should be thinking, where our heads really should be when Jesus says, take up my cross and follow me. He's not saying, you know, take up the wonderful, you know, the, the symbol of salvation. He's saying, take up the symbol of death. Grab a noose and follow me to the gallows. Walk with me to Abu Badr in Saudi Arabia. The, he's the Rock Johnson in their country. He cuts people's heads off for a living on live TV so everybody can see. He is the executioner. Follow me to the executioner. Have your head lopped off. If only it were that glamorous. If only it was just so wonderful that we would go and get hung or there would be a guillotine or, or something like that where it could be a quick and swift death. But the cross was not that. The cross was horrific. Thanks again for listening to Abide in Truth with Pastor Mike Hughes. If you would like a copy of today's sermon in its entirety, call us at 208-365-0991 or send us a text at 208-991-2756. Be sure to mention today's date. You can also listen to Pastor Mike's latest message on our website at ccmit.org. And don't forget to search for Calvary Chapel Emmett on iTunes and YouTube. Remember to hit subscribe when you're there. Thanks again for listening, and remember, always abide in truth. Until next time, God bless. Abide in Truth is a radio outreach ministry of Calvary Chapel in Emmett, Idaho.
Calvary Chapel of Emmett would like to invite you to watch our services live on Facebook. You can watch us every Sunday morning at 8.30 or 10.30. Just go to our page, Calvary Chapel of Emmett, and scroll down for the live service. It is an interactive experience. While on our page, feel free to watch previous Sundays as well. So join Calvary Chapel Emmett Sunday morning at 8.30 or 10.30 on Facebook. We look forward to seeing you. Calvary Chapel of Emmett would like to offer you a free gift for joining us today. Right Now Media. Right Now Media has been called the Netflix of Christian Bible studies. With over 30,000 Bible studies and discipleship videos, there's even tons of Christian cartoons for the kids. To get your free account to Right Now Media, just visit our website at ccemmett.org forward slash right now. That's ccemmett.org forward slash right now. And God bless you.